Welcome back to Climate Front Lines. Today, we are going to the Amazon rainforest in Brazil, one of the most diverse bioregions on the planet. The Amazon rainforest is also one of the world's most important carbon sinks and must be preserved to avoid the worst impacts of global warming. But new satellite data show that deforestation of the Amazon is accelerating compared to last year, when 4.8 million acres were destroyed to make way for development both legal and illegal. The slash and burn logging, mining, cattle ranching, and other industries that cause deforestation in the Amazon are also major sources of pollution and land loss threatening indigenous communities who are currently preparing for an annual meeting in Brasilia, the nation's capital. Land grabs and climate justice are at the top of the agenda for the summit, known as the Free Land Camp, and we should all be paying attention because deforestation is also a threat to the rest of us as the climate crisis intensifies. It's campaign season in Brazil, and environmentalists say corporate politicians are working furiously to speed up development of the Amazon before the country holds elections in October. Our guide to the Amazon rainforest is Romulo Batista, an activist and spokesperson for Greenpeace. Batista comes to us from Manaus, the capital city of Amazonas, a large state in northwestern Brazil that is almost entirely covered by the Amazon rainforest. The first thing I wanted to ask you about is that in the press release it said that Greenpeace reports that deforestation alerts are up 62% compared to the same month last year. What exactly is a deforestation alert and the, uh, I think it's the DETER system, the D-E-T-R system? Yes, uh, here in Brazil we have two different systems uh, that make the monitoring of deforestation. One of those uh, is the PRODIS that give the official uh, text of deforestation. They are published once per year. The TER is a kind of alert of deforestation. It means that they can release quickly, but it not seen all the Amazon and can be a kind of, uh, they, they see uh, uh, patches that are uh, bigger than uh, produce. It means that we do not see these very small patches of deforestation. Because of these, we have different areas uh, uh, when we saw the same period in the terre and produce. Okay, so so the DETER system essentially, how, how is it observed? I mean, does it basically just come down to the amount of acres that have been deforested or had the trees cut down? Yeah, yeah, it's based based on satellite imaging. Okay. Uh, it means that they they pass pass each four days. These uh, satellite uh, uh, images are, are made for the same place. Uh, this in the beginning of the year, we are in the rainy season here in the Amazon. It means a lot of uh, cloud cover, as uh, as we call. It means that they not see all the the area of the Amazon. Who, uh, when when we, we think about this, it means that probably this record can be higher than what we have in the alerts, because some place during all February, all January will be covered by by clothes. Gotcha. And can you tell us a little bit about the environmental regulatory structure in Brazil and how the Bolsonaro government has contributed to this increase in deforestation? 
Yes, uh, since our re-democratization in, in Brazil in, in 1988, uh, we have built a very strong uh, uh, environmental uh, laws and environmental uh, organism until we start to lose uh, when the uh, Bolsonaro government started in 2019. Just to give you an example, between 2004 and 2012, uh, Brazil decreased in almost 80% all the deforestation in the Amazon. It's a cut uh, from 27,000 uh, uh, 27, square kilometers from less than 5,000 square kilometers. Uh, because what we, we, we did is first build uh, more science. For example, the DETER program was launched at that time. We have uh, more people uh, uh, goes inside of uh, Ibama and the ICMBio that both are uh, organisms of control of deforestation here. We have the launching of the Amazon Fund that receive money from different governments and companies to apply this money to control the deforestation. All these uh, make a lot of difference in the trajectory of the deforestation. But since the beginning, uh, the actual president here in Brazil uh, thought for everyone that he will finish uh, the industry of the environmental bills here in Brazil, is how he called it uh, the Obama and his semi bill. Ibama and his insane bill uh, pers persons. Are you, are you saying are you saying that um, the Bolsonaro government is has has said that it wants to get rid of the environmental oversight or the people who are watching the Amazon? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what they say. They cut money. Uh, for example, uh, last year it was uh, the smaller budget for the. A ministry of environmental from the last 20 years when we make comparison and obvious applied inflation on this but is the, the smaller in 20 years the number of operations to control deforestation and fires in the amazon last year was uh, the smaller in the last uh, 20 years too uh, when we saw uh, all all the packs all the polygons of deforestation less than 1% of these uh, polygons was uh, make a kind of, uh, 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 they, 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 they make like the bills and other process uh, to embargo this area to not be used and the recovery of the forest. Together with the Congress that are trying and push very hard to pass different projects of laws that will open the forest for more uh, destruction. Just to give you an example, last week we have uh, the approval to vote in emergency uh, the opening of indigenous land for uh, mining, for build of uh, hydroelectrics, and either to rent uh, the soil for agriculture. Uh, it's important to say that the states uh, here in, in the Amazon or in Brazil at all. Uh, have responsible uh, responsibilities to do uh, to do control of deforestation too, but unfortunately, 
they have much less money than the federal government. And in some of these uh, states, there is no interest in, uh, from the government uh, or the state government to make uh, this kind of uh, operations to stop uh, deforestation too. So you said that they want to build a hydroelectric, hydroelectric project on indigenous land? Yeah, well, because nowadays we have uh, laws and we have international uh, principles that Brazil is signatory. For example, uh, the International Work uh, 169 that say if you will do any kind of uh, any kind of infrastructure that will affect indigenous land, these guys have to be free informed, uh, free prior uh, informed and have uh, the power to stop the project. What they want to do now, it's uh, take out this power. The indigenous people can be listened, but they not uh, have the rights to, for example, deny uh, hydroelectric or be building inside their own land or a mining uh, company go inside to, to, to mining gold or aluminum, whatever. Uh, it's once and uh, worse than this that the president can give the authorization without the consultation of these uh, people. It means that they they will not have the rights to define what they want to do in their own lands. This is another uh, uh, another law, another very bad example that we have. Uh, I read pass in the deputy house. It's in the Congress uh, in the Senate house now for votation. Is a project uh, of law that will uh, give uh, 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 we can give uh, up to 2,500 uh, 2, hectares of land for those that make uh, land grabbing in the Amazon. This bar passed by the, the Congress House and now is in the State House to vote. It means that unfortunately, it's not only in the uh, federal government, but in the Congress House, too, that we have uh, people uh, pushing for uh, bad laws that will improve a lot the deforestation in the Amazon in the near time. And so basically what you're saying is Bolsonaro's government has done every, everything it can to dismantle environmental regulations, and now lawmakers are also pushing to dismantle protections at the same time taking the rights away from indigenous people to have a veto power or to, or to be consulted when destructive projects show up in the Amazon rainforest. Yes, exactly this. And, uh, and the result is what we are uh, seeing uh, since 2019. The deforestation uh, skyrockets. It almost right. double. When we saw 2018, from what we saw in 2021, this go up and up. If you only look uh, January and February this year, we have uh, we have uh, uh, we have a number of uh, 629 square kilometers. Last years it was 206. It means that this year we had three times more deforestation on the two and uh, two very uh, first month uh, in the Amazon, and this is very very dangerous and. Because we are in the middle of the rainy season when we're supposed to have a decrease in the deforestation because it's a, a lot of rain. And what makes it difficult 
to access points of the forest. So deforestation is happening at a much faster rate, even in the rainy season when it's tougher to go and cut down all the trees. Um, what can you tell us about the indigenous people who are threatened by uh, the government and the land grabbing companies that are trying to exploit the natural resources there? Who are they? What are they? What are they called? Well, uh, in the truth, uh, on the Amazon, we have uh, more than two, 200 different groups of uh, indigenous people. Uh, we can see that at least uh, three that right now have a huge problem with illegal mining, uh, these wildcat uh, minings uh, for gold. The price of the gold skyrockets uh, uh, since uh, two years. It makes uh, this new gold rush in the Amazon happening. Mm. If we go more on north of the Amazon and the Roraima uh, states, we have the Yanomami uh, people that uh, in their land, uh, it's something close to 20,000 illegal miners uh, that are, are, are running uh, on gold uh, mining. We have in the Pará states, in the Tapajós River, uh, on three different uh, lands from the Munduruku uh, people, we have something close to 20,000 uh, illegal miners, wildcat miners uh, too. We have the Kayapos with the same problem in Mato Grosso state. In the two, our on the Amazon, uh, there is invasion, and we have uh, we have uh, affected by uh, because w when a company want to go to mining, they have to submit a kind of uh, a license uh, or say, ah, I would like to mining in these areas. When we cover this ask for license with the boundaries of different indigenous land, some of those are completely uh, overlapping with this uh, license, uh, uh, with this ask for license to mining. Uh, several indigenous land, several people will be affected if uh, this uh, project of law passing and if the, the environmental license in Brazil uh, changing as it is proposal by the Congress too, by the way. So you're facing twin threats of deregulation where it's easier for the big mining companies to come in and cut down the trees and then extract the, the, the metals from the ground. But you're also facing a massive inundation and especially on indigenous lands of illegal mines. Are these like big companies? Are they just kind of like rogue operators who go out there and just start digging holes? What does um, an illegal mine look like? Well, the illegal mines, uh, they, when they, we overflight several times on these areas, uh, sometimes they over think that... In a plane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, when, we, when we talk about illegal mines, people have in their mind this poor guy with, uh, 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 with uh, a loan on the river, try to get some small portion of uh, gold. But when we go through these places in the indigenous land, you see a huge amount of destruction. They use heavy machines to do this. They bomb water in the soil. They use these uh, bulldozers. Uh, it's not a kind of a small scale gold mining. No, 
We are talking about 20,000. Uh, the government do nothing. They know where these guys, mm-hmm. these guys are because we have the best program of uh, deforestation, monitoring of deforestation uh, of, of tropical forest in the world. It's possible to know. This detailed data either give to us uh, what is deforestation of uh, coming from mining places, from illegal mining to inside the indigenous land. They know uh, the place, uh, and these guys, uh, they use machines that is that cost something close to $200,000. Uh, you know, we have some wow. very rich people that are financing these guys. We have politicians, we have businessmen, we have uh, doctors and different kind of people that put money to try to make much more money. Once it's illegal, they will not pay a tax. They will not uh, have to pay uh, uh, labor rights for these people. They do not have to pay by the land, by the license, by nothing. They just put the money and make this increase increase several times once the operation is going on. It's important wow. to say that it's on, not only uh, env- environmental destruction that these illegal mining are causing, they are poisoning the indigenous people. Uh, on the Munduku land, uh, on Parai state that we sit here, uh, it was uh, made a kind of uh, research with the indigenous uh, people. 90%, 90, 90% of them have uh, this uh, mercury in the blood in, in a so high patamar, much higher than what, for example, the World Health uh, say that is uh, acceptable by human being. You know, because they use wow. this mercury to to uh, to separate the gold from the other things that they they mine. It means that it's not only this, and all this poisoning uh, go, all this mercury that's poisoning, go to the river, and on the river they contaminate the plants and the fish, and fish is the base of the food of these guys. This contamination come either until here where uh, I am, Omanaos uh, city, a huge city, two million pesos, but a lot of fish that we consume here come from the countryside, and come from some, from some rivers that are affected by uh, illegal mining. Wow. And of course, mercury is a, is a heavy, often liquid metal. And it's one of the problems with it as a pollutant and as a poison for not only fish and plants, but for human beings, is it doesn't break down in water. It doesn't break down in the soil. So if one animal consumes it and another animal consumes that animal, like a fish eating a smaller fish, it will just keep going. It doesn't go away once it enters the environment. So that is terrifying. Yeah, it's what we call a bill accumulation of the, the poison, in this case, uh, bioaccumulation. Yeah, because of that, it's, uh, it's, it's obvious if you live close to a river, you always uh, go through the biggest fish because you have to, you want to, 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 to give food for your family or for your group of families. It's pretty common that indigenous people uh, live in big communities and they have people that uh, go to fish. They want to get this big one. Uh, and because of this, you have a lot of accumulation because they take time to go big and big. 
and these make very uh, problematic, uh, these other very problematic issue. Uh, we have included uh, some uh, some people that uh, so some researchers that living uh, on this village that was contaminated uh, two years ago. We have, for example, a death of one research, uh, probably uh, with the Myanmar uh, disease that is the contamination by is how the contamination by mercury is called uh, because of the accident in Myanmar some years ago. So people are eating the biggest fish, and then as the mercury remains in the environment, it bioaccumulates in the fish that people are eating, and then when people get tested, you said, I just want to go over some of the numbers really fast. You said 90% in some of these areas of indigenous people are testing for elevated levels of mercury in their blood? Yeah, 90% included in, in the milk of the mothers. Mm-hmm. I read passing by for the children, uh, uh, that is a, a big problem. You, you can have in, in some villages that are in places that you have high incidence of this illegal mining, this number can go uh, to hundred uh, percent, and uh, and this this is it is not a, a, a research made by uh, by by Greenpeace. It's come from fuel crews that is uh, the most respectable uh, health institute in Brazil that make this uh, research. Uh-huh. We are we are conducing now one research together with them to see. This accumulation in some species of fish, but the result we only have in, in some species. Now, I've seen um, videos of indigenous people protesting in the streets, like in the cities, over deforestation and the illegal mining. How are indigenous people resisting this destruction, and how are uh, you know their activist allies also resisting? Or or what kind of action needs to be taken to prevent this destruction? Yeah, the indigenous movement in Brazil, uh, it's, uh, it's <laughs> they, they are, they are the, the, the guys that are, are doing uh, probably the most, most important uh, work as organization uh, nowadays in Brazil. I always cited one phrase of uh, Sonia Guajajara, an important uh, indigenous leadership in Brazil. When uh, Bolsonaro was elected, I asked for her, what are you going to do now with this president? And he and she said, uh, well, we have been fighting for our rights and our lands in the last 500 years. What are you going to do now uh, about this new president? You know, wow. uh, they, have, yeah, they have been, uh, uh, been fighting for land rights, for cultural rights, uh, for everything. Nothing that they... They conquer uh, on the on our uh, constitution in 1988, and uh, all the recognizing for the land territories and all the land that they are uh, getting uh, uh, back, uh, it was easy. But the movement is very strong. They are uh, uh, we we have a, a partnership with them since uh, 2010. We participate together with them in the free land camp. Free land camp is the biggest meeting of indigenous, indigenous people that happening every year in April. Uh, during one week, 
three, four, five last year is 6,000 of uh, indigenous leadership met in, in Brasilia to protest and to uh, ask for the Congress and for the government, for the Supreme Court to respect on their rights and to advance in the demarcation of indigenous land, uh, more attention on health. Uh, we have big problem with COVID in indigenous territory. Did you say COVID? Uh, yeah, yeah. They, okay. they, they, they lose uh, lots and lots of, uh, of uh, indigenous people by COVID because they do not have uh, access to, to health or they are far away from the cities and the government not uh, take care. Uh, one thing that is obligation by our constitution, the government has the obligation to, to, to give health, education, uh, uh, good conditions for these people, but this uh, not happen. And in the last three years, it's become worse and worse. I just uh, saw a declaration from Haoni. Uh, Haoni is uh, one of the oldest and most important uh, indigenous leadership in Brazil. And what they say in the beginning of this week, if, if I'm not wrong, is that FUNAI, the FUNAI is uh, the uh, National Institute of Indigenous People that was supposed to be uh, who take care about uh, indigenous rights and uh, try to promote health and, and, and education uh, for these people, that they are abundant by FUNAI. Uh, the exact word is FUNAI now don't like indigenous people. You, you know, this is very serious coming from Haoni uh, that it's a very, very important uh, leadership here in Brazil. So under, under Bolsonaro, indigenous power and even the institute that was supposed to look out for indigenous people has just been gutted at, the, at a time when deforestation is increasing. Yeah, at the same time, you have attack of the Congress with these laws increasing deforestation and the, uh, those that have uh, the obligation to take care about uh, indigenous rights and land territories, uh, land rights, just not uh, work and have money. Uh, they decrease a lot of uh, money that uh, went to this uh, foundation. Uh, and now uh, these words come from Haunis that they are now they do not like indigenous people. They are abandoned by, by Funai. Oh, and this is why the United Nations and experts around the world say one of the critical things that must happen if we are going to combat the climate crisis is to empower indigenous people and to respect their sovereignty of land because their land stewardship is going to be a lot different than an illegal mine or um, heavy cattle grazing that where the trees just get cut down and we lose that carbon sink. Can you tell us a little bit about the climate implications of all this? How does the Amazon rainforest protect all of us from climate change? Well, uh, there is at least there are several ways that Amazon, the first and uh, most uh, obvious, uh, Amazon it's a tropical rainforest and they regulate all the climate and all the humid we have here in South America. 
Uh, there is a mechanism called uh, flying rivers that push out this humidity that we have in this region and go through uh, the South America and make a kind of irrigation on the on the biggest uh, states that produce, uh, by the way, uh, produce uh, soy, cattle, rice, corn, whatever uh, we, we uh, they, they they produce. It means it's about uh, uh, food security too. Second, the the, the forest uh, uh, it's it's a huge it's a huge uh, carbon uh, stock. Only to get like a uh, carbon uh, sink. Yeah, yeah, it's a carbon sink. Uh, they absorb, but they have a lot of carbon already absorbed, because when you have a pristine forest, it is almost on uh, equilibrium, because uh, the Amazon forests take long to grow uh, and go uh, all through uh, intact uh, forest, but once you cut and burn, you release tons and tons of uh, uh, green gas uh, houses. Just uh, on Brazil, when you saw uh, uh, deforestation, it's the main cause of uh, emissions of green gas uh, houses. 46% of our emissions come from uh, deforestation because once they cut, they burn uh, this forest, they burn the Cerrado to use uh, this land. And the vast majority of the area that it's uh, cut in, in the Amazon become a uh, pasture land uh, to produce um, cows and beef. Produce cows and beef. And that's what's known as slash and burn, right? Where they, they cut down no. the trees and they burn them and then they turn them into cattle farms? Or Yeah, slash, bu- slash and burn is uh, it's a more traditional use that we have. Mm-hmm. A small patch uh, to produce uh, manioc or some corn or potatoes, whatever. We are talking here of patches of deforestation from 2,000, 5,000, 6,000 hectares. Just to have uh, an idea, it's necessary $200 US dollars to make a deforestation of one hectare. If you have uh, money to do this in two, Thousand three, five thousand uh, hectares. It means that it's someone that have a lot of uh, money. It's farmers or either land grabbers that just cut the forest and make a way to get a kind of uh, a piece of paper that they call uh, property paper and, and sell uh, this area. It's important uh, to note that uh, the last year more than forty percent of all deforestation in the Amazon happening in areas that it's uh, governmental property, but uh, do not have any destination. What it means? It means that you have a land that's part of the federal government or state government, and they not create a protected area, an indigenous land, give this for small uh, farmers to produce. These people just come inside these areas, uh, and it's stolen. This that is part of uh, uh, all the Brazilians, because if it's the federal government, below to me and for uh, every Brazilian. But these guys are just stolen this land, uh, make a lot of deforestation. Uh, so so basically fires. land grabbers are coming in, they're taking, they're just taking public lands that are supposed to be owned by the government and the people of 
Brazil, and they're and they're cutting down the trees, they're burning them, and they're either flipping it and selling it to farmers, or the farmers are just coming in and, and using the land. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This they, they can sell okay. for them, or either the own farmer can do this land grabber deforestation, fire, and put some uh, pasture to create uh, cattle. What should we be doing in the United States to support these indigenous people and the movement to prevent deforestation in Brazil? Because obviously this is a direct threat to the indigenous people who live there. But as you mentioned, they've been fighting this struggle for 500 years. This is just the latest phase of that struggle. How can we support them? Um, and what, would, what advice would you have for people in the United States who are concerned about this issue since, like I said, it affects indigenous people directly? But with the climate, it affects all of us. Yeah, uh, there's different ways uh, to support. Uh, first, uh, know about what's happening in the Amazon, that because it's so important for the humanity. Without the Amazon, we will not achieve the goals for the Paris Agreement. Right. By, by the way, uh, know what are happening. Make pressure uh, on your own uh, candidates that, uh, that they're not allowed, for example, uh, products uh, of Brazil that come from deforestation or come from uh, indigenous rights uh, violation. Make pressure in, in the company. Ah, you are buying Brazilian uh, soy or Brazilian uh, beef to be sure that they can guarantee that this not come from uh, deforestation, that not come from indigenous uh, uh, rights uh, violation. Uh, and it's obvious uh, how is that it's possible to demonstrate uh, support on social media, uh, this kind of cyber activism, uh, and recognize uh, that Amazon uh, has to be preserved and the indigenous rights have to be preserved too uh, here in Brazil and in the throughout around uh, the world. Amilu, thank you so much for bringing us this incredibly critical update from the Amazon rainforest and, and for joining us here on Climate Frontlines. Thank you for the invite and I hope that uh, I can pass a little bit what happening here in, Amazon, in, in, the, in the Amazon and uh, I hope uh, that we can uh, this year change this. It's a very important year in Brazil. We have election. We are asking for our, uh, our, our allies here and our, our activists and people to think about what, which is the future that we want, a future with Amazon or a future without Amazon, and to vote on people that can and promise uh, that we will preserve the Amazon and the indigenous rights. To support this podcast, please like and share. You can also support all of Truthout's independent journalism by visiting truthout.org slash donate or by signing up for our daily newsletter at truthout.org. Climate Front Lines is produced by Jared Rodriguez and me, Mike Ludwig. Until next time, stay safe out there and remember, where there is a movement, there is hope.